Good morning. Good morning. It's a blessing to be here. Um, always an opportunity. Uh, I get to preach today. I get to preach today. Um, very thankful as I reflect back, thinking about how God has called me into preaching in my ministry. And um, I remember thinking of like the, the burden, right? And pastor, we, we know that with the calling of preaching comes a burden uh, because you have a heart that longs and yearns for salvation for unbelievers. Um, but it's also a privilege and an honor to be able to preach. And so um, I do solicit your prayers uh, this morning as we get into our word and let us bow. Father God, we come to you right now just saying thank you. We thank you for your precious and holy son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for your word this morning, Father God. I ask that you would begin to move me completely out of the way, Father God, that your uh, people would hear, not hear me, but would hear thee, Father God. I ask that you would make me very small and minute and that you use this vessel as you see fit. Um, I give you permission, Father God, to use me as you see fit, Father God. It's in Jesus Christ's name that I pray. Amen. Uh, very dangerous prayer, right? Uh, God, I'll allow you to use me. Ooh. Now, I can already feel some of the stories. I'm like, God, I don't know if we should be telling that one. Um, no, you said I have permission, so let me reign. Um, today, we are com uh, continuing our study in the book of Romans. Um, and I thought that uh, I want to highlight, right, Sister Catherine, like, preaching that fire word last week. Can we give it up for Sister Catherine? Um, again, right, it's not a, uh, it's one of those things where we, get the, we think about, the, we think about scripture, we think about how um, we get to deliver God's word. We get to deliver God's word. And as I was listening to uh, her sermon, I was encouraged to send her words of just thank you. Right. Thank you for uh, doing what God has called you to do, uh, which is to preach the word. Whenever we can preach the word, it's a it's a it's a huge privilege and honor. And um, I want to highlight a couple of things right before we get into uh, our message. But you all know. Right. I said this last time and I'm going to share it again. Right. How did you show up this morning? How did you show up this morning? When we come into space. Right. There's typically the different ways that we show up. These are the ways that we show up. The prisoner, the, uh, the, we have the, the prisoner, we have the vacationer, the sophisticate, right? Um, and when we think about these different categories, and that prisoner, that person that you're here, but you don't want to be here, right? You'd rather be at Denny's right now. You'd rather be at the mimosa house, right? Uh, popping bottles. Come on, come on. Like, I know some of y'all, like, yeah, I would rather be uh, the prisoner. Then you have the vacationer. That's that person who is here, but they really, in, like, they in, like, on the beach somewhere, Right? Uh, uh, because they're just they're happy to be here because it's away from the, the normal, right? Maybe that stress, maybe that, that dirty house that you didn't clean, right? Maybe that car that you need to vacuum out, right? So you're in vacation mode in here. You're not really here for a word, but you're in vacation mode. And you had that sophisticate, right? That's that person who shows up who knows everything about the Bible, right? They don't need no new answers. You can't tell me nothing. I already know. You're the sophisticate, the, 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 the intellectual, then you have uh, the, the, the shopper. That's that person who comes in. You just want that one thing. You're looking for that one word. So you go back, retweet it, repost it, share it. Let folks know that you're holy because you was here. They weren't. Right? So that's that person. You're the shopper. You just want looking for that one thing. Um, and then lastly, this is what we want to be. The explorer. Exploring God's word. God, what are you saying to me? What are you saying to me? Help me to be in your word, right? And to allow your word to be in me. See, it's one thing for us to just be in God's word, but it's another for his word to be in us. So be an explorer today, right? And it's okay. You're going to find moments like, is he done yet? Right? Yeah, I got to look at you, Diane. I'm not done yet, okay? We, we, we just getting started, right? So you're going to go into prisoner mode. You're going to be like, right? Trying to go, got to go to the car wash now. So now that you said something. Right, so let's recap. So Catherine last week talked about uh, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, one of my favorite. Right, these, It's a, a scripture that is uh, used a lot 
right? And some, a lot of times, too, this scripture is even un, uh, unbelievers use it and take it out of context and to fit their mode, to fit their meaning. And so Catherine broke it down. And again, thank you for your transparency, your vulnerability, vulnerability um, and, and your testimony. Because you said that when God got a, got, got a hold of your heart, he gave you purpose. Um, and I was reading in one of the commentaries and it said, it reminded me of this film by Isaac Watts that says, love so amazing, so divine, it demands my heart, my life, my all. God allowed um, you, and looking at this text and as uh, Catherine was preaching, God extended her family through City Church and through other believers. All we, uh, all we can do is offer back our hearts mind and will to God, right? And these are the points that stood out to me. You may have some better notes, that's fine. But today I want to just highlight a couple things that stood out to me uh, with, uh, from Sister Catherine's sermon, right? Question that, that, that came up for me was, is your life worship toward God? Is your life an act of worship toward God? God is able to heal generational holes in one breath. Right now, I'm paraphrasing, but she talked about how God was able to, right, on the spot, heal generational issues. And so with, during this week, during the past couple of weeks, I've been thinking about, right, as I'm setting forth and trying to prepare my, my uh, departure from here, thinking about Nala, thinking about Natalie, thinking about my wife, what, what, what is it going to be like? Lord, I need you to, I need to do all these things. And God was reminding me through Sister Catherine that I can take care of all your seeds in one breath. So Nathan, yes, get your affairs in order, but no, do not fret, do not worry, do not be concerned about tomorrow because I am in control. God's word leads to transformation. God's word leads to transformation. So one of the things, an indicator for us as believers to know if we are a believer is if we are seeing transformation in our lives, right? Let's be very honest, right? You may be like, well, yeah, yeah, I'm, God is still working me there. There's evidence, right? You used to cuss everybody out. Now you only cuss maybe one person out. Come on, right? Let's be honest. Right? You used to give people that they cut you off in a row. You used to get up, drive up to them and look at them. Now you say, God bless you. <laughs> right? Or you drive up to them and say, you know what? God forgive you. <laughs> forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. So, but there's transformation. The point is that I'm making is that in the believer's life, we see transformation. Uh, God's plan is un literally in unfolding before us. Yeah, yeah. It's a blessing. It's a privilege. We get to see God's plan unfolding right now in front of us. Yeah. Uh, God, uh, you talked about um, we are to endure God's word. It is God's, God's will is good. God's will is perfect. And it is a personal walk with God. It is a personal walk with God. And I was reminded, I heard, and Pastor kind of talked about this briefly, right? Thinking about, and I was led to, to, to write this down. A lot of our un unhappiness and lack of joy comes from the believer trying to make him or herself happy without God. Talking to myself. God said, write this down. This is you. This is for you, Nathan. Some of your unhappiness, the lack of joy that you don't have in your life, Nathan, is because you are trying to find fulfillment without me. So that's where that lingering, look, I, I'm just missing something, right? You have a, for those of you who cook, right? For those of you who cook, you know, you can, you, you're seasoning your food, right? I remember my mom with her fried chicken, right? Y'all know I love chicken, right? So I'm going to go there. So when she seasons that chicken, then she used to say, son, taste this. I feel like it's missing something. It's just, just a little bit of, right? And I, it's a little bit of, I ain't going to tell y'all her secret. Y'all was waiting to see what she was, uh-huh. I can't tell y'all. Y'all at home, I know y'all watching at Bedside Baptist, y'all was sitting there looking. So, no, it's about understanding that uh, Christ, right? Christ is the, all the ingredients. But what happens is we try to, 
right? I'm going to just, if I get a little bit more money, a little bit more education, a little bit more friends, a little bit more, right? We try to add these things, and this is what the world does. So in your text, we looked at Romans, what, therefore, what, therefore, what? All of things, every chapter, one, two, three, four, four, leading all the way up to chapter 12 was about God's mercies, about what God has done. So therefore, now what? Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You have to look at it differently, Nathan. In order for you to find joy, to find pleasure, to find happiness in preaching God's word, you have to see it as a privilege, as an honor. Right? The problem is we don't see it. We see it as a burden. We see it as an inconvenience. But when we transform, when we renew our minds, we say, God, you have allowed me. You are choosing me. You are selecting me. You are extending grace to me to be able to deliver your word, your precious, holy, perfect word. See, it changes. We have to renew our mind. So today, as we get into our text, right, I thought it was only right. Since Catherine, our hands are God's hands. Right, so we're going to take we're going, this part two. We're going to continue in that because I thought that it was, it's only right. We're looking at what God, what, what, what Paul was starting to, through, through, through this message, he was starting to get at, we are God's hands. Our hands, our feet, our bodies, all God's bodies, all God's hands, all God's feet. Right, so that's why we are able to, we call up to Mia. Right? Because why? These are God's hands. These are God's children. And so if they're his children, they're my children. So we see the honor, the privilege that we get to have by being able to declare God's word. So our six points today, because I know for y'all shoppers, this is for the shoppers right here. Point number one, God gives grace. Point number two, watch your ego. Point number three, one body, different functions. Point number four, in Christ there is community. In Christ there is community. Point number five, gifts dipped in grace. Gifts dipped in grace. And point number six, be like Nike and just do it. Be like Nike and just do it. So point number one, giving grace. So we look at the text. We look at the text here, and give me, I got to change, I got these, these different eyes, uh, Pastor Meeks. You know, don't get old. That's what, you, that's what you tell me, don't get old. Too late. God, God decided to, uh, to make this vessel a little older. It's a little, pre, it's, 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 oh, it's, what is it, what's that word? It's, um, I'm, I'm aging, now I'm not like, you know how women, y'all age like wine, this temple? But God is gracious, amen? I, got, I already had cataracts. Anyway, all right, so Romans 12, right? We're looking at the text. Point number one, God gives grace. God gives grace. And what is grace? In the Greek word, charis, right? Which God's undeserved favor, undeserved mercy, undeserved goodness towards you, right? Meaning there's nothing that you can do to earn it. So right off the back, we see within this first text, for by grace given to me, I say to every one of you, for by grace given to me, I say to every one of you. So God extends grace to Paul, right? How do we know this? Because on the Damascus Road, remember, he was this, this murdering person. Let's talk about it. He was a murderer, y'all. He was a murderer. And I know for some of us, we like to compare, so we say, well, if he can turn Paul around. So we look at, the, look at the text. God gives Paul grace, that what, charis, that undeserved mercy. And if, if there's one person who understood God's mercy, his grace, it was Paul. Paul, God allowed um, Paul this life. He, he did all these different things. And this is the other part. Paul thought that he was actually doing God's work. So there's a note to also say that we can also be doing things that seem right. Seem like they are the right things to be doing. Paul thought that he was on the right track. 
And what happened on Damascus Road? What did God say? Paul, why do you persecute me? So he had an encounter with God. And God extended grace to him. And so now because God extended grace to Paul, Paul is in this position of grace to be able to now tell the church at Rome, hey, by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, God is so good that we are, uh, that we are experiencing grace that we are not even aware of. Did y'all know that? Amen. Think about that right now. Amen. We are experiencing grace right now that we don't even know about. There are things that God is doing behind the scenes that we're not even aware of. So like Paul and the church of Rome, we too have grace. So what is this passage? This verse right off the bat. So the grace given to me, I say unto you. Paul is letting the church at Rome know that I've experienced this grace. And this same grace that God has extended to me, he's extending to you. He's extending to you. So we look at part two, right? Part two of this verse, we're looking, looking, at, looking at the text. It says, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. Point number two is what? Watch your ego. So Paul says right off the bat, the grace given to me, I now say to you, do not, right? So a note for you all to write this down, P-I-C, P-I-C, principles, instructions, commands. Perseus Poku gave me this back in the day. Nate, when you're reading the Bible, look for principles, instructions, and commands. So we see this, this text, right? There's a command that Paul gives the church at Rome. What is the command? Do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves in sober judgment. Now, this is the thing. This is what, as I was looking at this, right, this was really, I, I want to take you back, right? Look at Romans 10, 4. Romans 10, 4, write that down in your notes, and I'll read it off. It says, since they did not know the righteousness of God and sought to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. Remember, Paul is talking to the church at Rome about remembering and, and using Israel, right? God's elect, God's chosen people as an example. Remember that these people, God's chosen people, started to look at themselves. Look how good I am. Look at me observing the law, right? I'm doing this so I'm righteous by what I'm doing and not my faith in Christ, not my faith in God. So Paul is reminding them, right, watch your ego, because why? Paul had an ego. Paul once had an ego, it was broken down. Paul said, I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews, teacher of the law, Pharisee, from the tribe of Benjamin, right? I got credentials, y'all. The same person says, I now consider that all rubbish, trash. Basura in Spanish, that means trash. Right? So Paul says, I consider all of that rubbish, and I consider it to, the, it's a, a blessing to be able to know Christ. So we see here in the text, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought. But think of yourselves in sober judgment. And who is yourself? When he says, think of yourself, who's he talking about? Who's he talking about? The church, right? And so now for us today, who is yourself? Us. Who, who is us? Me, right? So we look at the text. Paul is talking to the church at Rome, and now he's talking to us today. Do not think of yourselves, right? To me, don't think of yourselves of highly. This is what the world does. The world says, look at you. You are important. It's all about you. Instagram, right? Facebook, like my posts. Look at my views. Look at me. Share what I have to say. And if you don't, guess what? Now my self-esteem drops. So Paul is telling the church at Rome, be careful, do not consider yourself more highly than you ought, because you're really Basuda. You're, 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 really, you're really not that hot. How do I know? Because I used to think I was hot. And God had to humble me. So he's telling the church at Rome, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought. Paul tells the church, 
think of themselves in sober mind. What does this sober mean? To be uh, level-headed, to be realistic, right? Not puffed up. And to also even think logically about yourself. And this is what the exercise we're going to do, right? I want you all to think of yourselves. Think of, think of yourselves. Think of the qualities of you, right? But this is the catch. Don't think highly, more highly than you ought to think of yourself. Remember, point number two is watch your ego. See, your ego is going to tell you, well, I got it going on. Right? Well, compared, and then what do we do? We compare ourselves to other folks. Well, got a nice car, nice house, nice job, right? I look in the mirror, I look pretty cool. So we start to look at ourselves, but Paul says, look at yourselves in sober judgment. Strip the car. Strip the house, right? Strip your looks. Now look at yourself. If you were anything like me, you started to not like what you saw. You're like, ooh, I don't like that. So this is why when I was reading this text, this kept standing out to me. I was like, God, what is this about? This text says, and we're looking at, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but think of yourselves rather in sober judgment. Look at this next part. In accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. This is so important. And this was like, it kept, I'm like, God, why does that keep standing out to me? In accordance to the faith that has been distributed to you. Why did Paul add this part? He could have just said, hey, humble yourselves. Check yourself. You're not that great. And then went on to the next verse. But he says, no, look at yourself in sober, sober judgment in accordance so I want you to catch it with me, right? Look at yourselves in accordance, in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. In other words, God is saying, and, and, and Paul was telling the church at Rome, look at yourself in alignment, look at yourself in accordance to the faith that God has distributed to you. Why is this so important? Because this is why it's important. If we remove the faith, some of y'all going to catch it. Some of y'all going to catch it. If we remove the faith and we just look at ourselves in a sober state, many of you were like me. You did not like what you saw. So if Paul leaves this off, God, why is this? Because if Paul leaves these words off, if he doesn't say in accordance with your faith that God has distributed to you, you are left in a position Right? That leads to what? Heartache, guilt, shame, trauma, hurt, suffering. So Paul says, no, no, no. Look at yourself in social judgment, but also in accordance and alignment with the faith. And then we look at this word faith, pistis. Right? It's not the ordinary faith that we're thinking about. This is why we have to, again, as the preacher, my gift, and we're going to be getting into it, my gift to preach the God's word is to break it down. So this word faith here, in the accordance to the faith, this, uh, this word means in the uh, other words, in the, uh, the conviction that God has given you. In the conviction that God has given you. That God is the creator, the ruler of all things, the provider and the bestower of eternal salvation through Christ. So this word faith here is not just faith. He's saying that, in other words, look at yourself in sober judgment, but then also in alignment, in conviction with, right, follow me, in conviction with that God is the bestower of life, that God is ruler, God is king, God is, come on, right, God is, in all of this, it leads on to Christ. So now where you were empty and hopeless, right, if it wasn't for these words, if Paul went under the influence of the Holy Spirit would have left this out, we would have been stuck. Well, I'm sober, right? And when I'm sober, I don't like what I see, which is why I was, you know what I'm saying, leaning into my intoxication, whatever it is. If that was drugs, if that was alcohol, if that was sex, if whatever it was, we were leaning into that because we, without those things, we felt what? Empty, hopeless. So Paul says, no. Look at yourself in sober judgment, but also in alignment with the faith that God has given to you. And it also humbles you because you got to watch your ego. It's not about you. God has distributed. God has given you the conviction. Yeah. 
You weren't convicted by nature because you just felt bad. I would have just loved God. No, God has given it to you. God has extended what? Careless grace to you so that you can even see your flaws. So we look at this text. Point number two. We're wrapping up that we have to watch our ego. Because I think that we can all agree that outside of Christ, right? Remove Christ for a moment. We're pretty bad. We're pretty bad. We're pretty horrible, actually. I think we pretty much suck. As humans, like, think about this. Let's be honest. If we remove God from the equation, everybody right now is trying to fix the world. And look at, look at the state of the world. Just think about that for a moment. So I think we can agree that if we remove God from the equation, we're jacked up. We're jacked up. When I removed God from my life and I was looking at what I saw, some of y'all be like, uh-uh. Pastor, we vote Nate because it, it, without God, without his grace, without his mercy, I'm not doing this. I'm not using my gift to edify the people of God. So point number four, right? We're going to cover point four and five, which is one point number, uh, I'm sorry, sorry, point number three and four, which is one body, different functions, and then in Christ there's community. So if we move down to verses four and five, covering points three and four, we look at our body. We look at the text where it says what? For just as each of you, for just as each of you has one body with many members, and these members do not have all have the same function. So just as we are, right, we have many members, but all these members don't have the same function. So what's the exercise now, Pastor Nate? We're going to look at ourselves. Look at your body. Look at your body. Look at your, how your, your, your hands, right, your eyes. How do you see through your eyes? How do you move through your feet? Right? How do you touch through your hands? So, but we have what? Only one body. So Paul now is going into, he's getting to now, he's getting to this point. One, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Right? You got to watch your ego. Stay humble. And so we got God has extended grace. But now, look at your body. One body, different functions. One body, different functions. So, we have to understand that if we look at our body, our health, right, our very health and the welfare of our body, right, depends on the functions of the other parts. Can we agree? Right? If my heart doesn't want to be a heart anymore, I die. The body dies. Come on. Y'all about to catch it now. Right? The function of the body it's one body, different functions. So my heart, if it says, you know what? Today, I want to be the lungs. R.I.P. <laughs> y'all at, at my funeral. Because why? The, the, the body, right, is not, the, the, one of the functions of the body is not cooperating with the overall function of the body. So what was Paul getting to? What was he hinting to? Church at Rome, you're one body, but you all have different functions. Just like the human body, right, has, it has one body, but there's different functions, right? Your liver has a job, your heart has a job, your kidneys have a job, right? And guess what? When those kidneys, when those lungs, right, when, you're, when they don't function the way they're supposed to, what happens to the body? It starts to ache. It starts to, what, to slow down. Right? And for in some cases, it actually dies. Now, church at Rome, City Church, Sacramento. Yeah. Yeah. You're one body, yeah. Yeah. but different functions. Yeah. I was at a meeting to this morning where we were talking about one event, Eastern Depart. Shout out to Eastern Depart. Yeah, Eastern Depart. But it's one event, but there's different activities. Right? There's one event. But there's many volunteers. One event, but everybody has a different job responsibility. Yeah. Some people are to set up. Some people are to manage the station. Some people are to greet. Some people are to welcome. Some people are to say goodbye. Some people, you, you follow. See, at City Church, 
We have one body. City church is our body. But our functions, right, are different. Our body is here today. We're here together, but our functions are different. And this is where issues start to happen, right, in, in church. Because why? The heart wants to be the lungs. The lungs want to be the eyes. They want to be seen. Right? I'm tired of being on the inside. I want to be on the outside. I don't want people to see me breathing. Right? I want to see people to see what I'm doing. Right? The heart doesn't the heart doesn't just decide to get up and say, hey, one day, hey Nate. Uh this is cool being in here and all, but you know, I know I got your blood flowing. I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, but you think you can put me on the outside? So the people can see me beating for you? How do y'all think that would work out? That wouldn't work out too well, right? So God has placed us right where we need to be. And God has given you the function, extended this function to you, right where he wants you to be. Think about this. AV team, they're responsible for, so you all can see the screen to make sure that you can hear me. Right? When I get to yelling, he's like, ugh. We turn that, turn that brother down. Right? So I'm not blowing out your eardrums. Function, one body. One body, different functions. Paul, if I get up and get to run around here, Paul, like, hold on, let me get the, let the, get the camera. Right? Pastor Nate moving around. But see, when we don't do play our position, the body is not edified. The health of the body starts to deteriorate. So Paul was making it very clear to them, before he gets to the gifts, he has to tell them that, hey, before I tell you about these gifts, because y'all going to get excited, right? Because God has given you gifts. But before we get to that, hold on, slow down. Hey, one body, different functions, right? So, because think about this. No, it's not on, right? <laughs> but, but if I tried to play that, one body, different functions. Or if I'm up here praise team, if I, I run up there and try to join y'all. Jesus! One body, different functions. Nate, that's not your, that's not your gift. Right? Look, my brother back there, Jack, clapping for me. Amen. Good thing he's not singing. Amen. Let's, let's praise the Lord. Right? One, one body, different functions. So Paul is telling them, right? It's one body, different functions. And so we start to look at the job of the eyes, the job of the heart. Then he takes it home and says, that, that now look at these functions. Look at the different functions. And look, we look at point five. There is community in Christ. There is community in Christ. How do we, how do we know this? Because as we look at, at the text, we see that these, the, these believers... Right, uh, these believers at the Church of Rome, right at the Church of Rome, had these gifts. Had the God Paul was preparing them and letting them know, you're one body, but you have different functions. Right, so we talked about that word, uh, pistis, which uh, that we jumped into. Right, so. For as each of you has one body with many members, and these members do not uh, have the same function. So in Christ, point number five, verse five. So in Christ, we though many, for one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Belongs to all the others. Belongs to all the others. I think that's the song. Belongs to all the others. What am I saying? Belongs to all the others because what happens is we get it twisted. We forget that I am an extension of Pastor Meeks. Yes. I'm doing me. He sent me over here. But you are an extension of the body. Right? Don't get to tripping because you're going to cause pain. Right? Your foot just decided to just walk off somewhere. The rest of your body going to be like, hold on. Right? This is, this is what happens in the body. The body of Christ I'm talking about. Folks get confused and start walking in the pride and the ego and start saying, I want to be seen. I want to be heard. And I think it was our pastor who said, what if God has called you to be what? The pinky toe, the toe, and the, come on. If he's called you to be the toe inside the sock inside the shoe, 
and that's your function, then you need to be the toe inside the sock, inside the shoe. No, I want to be ear. Just be a toe. Inside the sock. Inside the shoe. So that why? Why? So that city church can walk. Christ now extends family. We see that we have different gifts, right? We're going to get into this. So our point number five, point number four was we're looking at there's Christ, there's community in Christ. As Sister Catherine so eloquently said that uh, God extended her family through the community of City Church. Right? So we see that within, within the body of Christ, Paul is preparing them. We see, I think that it's important to note that Christ doesn't need our works, but guess who does? Your neighbor. See, Paul understood God doesn't need you to do anything for him. But guess who does? Right? Your brother, your sister, your neighbor, your friend, your co-worker. They need your gifts. They need you to show up. So this is the thing that we have to remember that God has given us these, these uh, one body, one function, right? Different functions. But it's not necessarily just God doesn't need. God can, what the passage say? He can have the rocks praise his name. He can have the stars and moon shout joy. But it's about our neighbor. It's about our friends that are within this congregation. Right? They, they are the ones that need us. They need us to show up in our gift. Right? So as we look at our, our, our point, gifts dipped in grace. Why is this important? God willingly, uh, God willingly gives someone who is undeserving, right? God extends grace to the church at Rome, to Paul, to us. He gives them grace, I mean, gives them gifts, right? They have been dipped in grace. We, why are they dipped in grace? Because if it's not for grace, we don't have gifts. If it's not for the grace of God, we don't have gifts. You can't preach. You can't teach. You can't sing. You can't serve. You can't prophesy. If it's not for God's grace. See, so Paul is breaking it down. Um, God is giving grace. Then he's going to give gifts. And then guess what? All these gifts, as we get into it, right? We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. It's a reminder. The grace given to us. Paul says we have different gifts according to the grace that has been given to us. And then he talks about when we look at this word, we have. We have to look at this. I highlight we have different gifts. We have different gifts. I think we need to catch that. We have different gifts. See, the reason Paul and the reason pastor is already always ready to throw you in is because you have the gift. He's not... Pastor understands that, it's, that you have... Why? Because he looks at Scripture and says that each body member, right? Each member of the body has been given a gift. And so because he, you have been given a gift, I can trust that if you use your gift, right, we were going to edify the body. See, I understand that Stephanie has a gift to organize. So I'm going to give, I, you, you know what, sister? Stephanie, can you handle Eastern Park? Because you have a gift of organizing Right? And, and managing projects to make sure that they come to fruition. So I'm going to have you take this gift, right, and insert it in the body of City Church, and you're going to organize. Come on. That's why God has given these, these gifts. Right? And so we looked at that because of the grace that has been extended to us. We're able to receive these gifts from God. So my gift is preaching, my gift is teaching. So God has called me to do what? To preach. To teach. That is my gift. And this is the thing. We have. Some of us are waiting. Some of you right now are waiting on God to give you your gift. And God's like, I gave it to you. You were born with it. Use it. It's interesting to me that we can use our gift on our jobs. In our households. When we come to church. Oh, no, I don't, I don't feel comfortable doing that. I, heard, I thought you were. 
I thought this is what you do as a living. Oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> but they pay me. <laughs> uh, you know, God gave you that gift, right? God gave you that gift so that you can actually build the kingdom. So this is the thing. This is the other, the other dangerous part, right? As non-believers, they're gifted. God has given them gifts as well. Look at the world, gifted individuals. But a lot of them are not what? Giving their glory to God. They're taking it for themselves. See, we understand that my gift of preaching, of teaching, of prophesying is not for me. It's for the body. It's to advance the kingdom. So the best thing that you can do is to use your gift to advance the kingdom. And we're going to get into this. And we come to a close, we're going to come to a close, Diane, all right? We're going we're gonna to get to these gifts. And I, the, the reason I wanted to, to talk about this, one of the, my, my favorite scriptures, I, I was thinking about this, thinking about how God has called me to preach, has God, God has called me to teach. I used to think about how it was a burden, how I was frustrated. I didn't want to do it. I was like, God, I, don't, I want to be out there playing and having fun like everybody else. And these two scriptures that God kept calling me to, for when I preach the gospel, I cannot boast. Since I am compelled to preach, woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. If I preach voluntarily, I have a reward. If not voluntarily, I am simply discharging the trust committed to me. So for many of you, the gift that God has bestowed on your life, what you're simply doing if you're not operating your gift, and some of you, that's some, some of the reasons why you're running into frustration, right? Brick wall after brick wall. You're like, I don't know what's going on. It's probably because you're not using your gift to glorify God. And God has been waiting on you. Come on home. I got, I got something for you to do. I don't want to do that. That's our problem. I don't want to do that, though, God. I want to do me. Number, uh, looking at verse 6. This is where we get into our last point. Be like Nike and just do it. See, we've been, we done heard enough. We done seen enough. Now it's time for us to do it. We're looking at these gifts, right? If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with, the, with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Now Paul gives these instructions and, and talks to the church at Rome about their gifts. And some of us in this space right here have some of these gifts of teaching, of giving, right? And so we look at the, we look at the text and we see how, how God is, uh, and, and Paul specifically in this text, is now encouraging and giving the command to now do what? Use your gift. Be like Nike and just do it. Paul gives these instructions. Paul is setting this up for us to understand now it's time to go. We've been praying, we've been meditating, we've been sitting, we've been congregating for the longest now. Now it's time for you to use your gift. Tomorrow it's time for you to use your gift. Right? God has called us now. Paul, I want you to go out now. Jesus said, go ye. Go therefore. Go out. We come here. This is where we get fueled. This is where we get fired up. This is where we get excited. Then we do what? Monday we go into the world. Or right after service, when you're at right the mimosa house, you're out there, what's shining? Yeah, if it's giving, if it's prophesying, right? Stephanie and Diana was having a conversation. Couples came to church. Why? Because they were shining using that gift. Oh, we're going to organize. We're going to get them. <laughs> we real men. Your gifts, what, what are your gifts for? Your gifts are to what? Real people in. God has blessed you with these gifts. Because it, people look at you and then what do you do? You point them to Christ. Don't look at me, look at God. Right? But the problem is, and has been for me, is we look at me. Right? I get stuck in me. Look at my gift. Look at, look at what God is. Look at what I can do. So Paul is saying, no, now it's time for you to be like Nike. And this is what I want you to, uh, City Church, I want us to understand. That God is not worried about your criteria. Your credentials. God makes, God sets the standards, the credentials. I'll end with this. I was thinking about, and this is stuff that I'm going through now, y'all. I feel comfortable with my family to be able to share. That I was thinking about the additives, the credentials, and these different things that God is like, oh God, okay, once I get this, and God has been humbling me. Nathan, it's not about that. It's about me. 
It's about me. So I had an opportunity. Um, this is how we talk about God extending grace. A woman calls me from the American Institute of Research, working for the state of Illinois Board of Education, says, hey, um, I heard of you. I was referred to you by somebody else who I don't think you know, because I don't even remember their name, but I don't think that you know them because they had heard of you from somebody else. But they said that you would be a great keynote speaker for our, our event. And so I said, first thing I did, see, God is working on me. But I don't have the, this is the Board of Education and State of Illinois. I don't, I don't even want to go to Illinois. And, right? Started thinking about the wrong things. God was saying, this is not about you, Nathan. I want to, I, I want to advance my kingdom. In me advancing my kingdom, I'm going to use you. I'm going to use your gift of teaching, of preaching, because I can't help but when I present, but to preach. Amen. So understand that I'm using your gift to reach. And as you are, as you reach people and you begin to reel them in, you point them to me. Because when she asked me, she said, well, how did you get to where you are? I said, I got to be honest. I got to give God all the credit because if it wasn't for God, I wouldn't be in this position. And so it's about us understanding our gifts. Our gifts glorify God. And she said, this is, a, this is a, this, I want to add, add a little bit of icing because I just want to boast my God and what he does. She said, well, how much do you charge? I ain't going to tell you how much I told her, but I told her a price, y'all. And she said, that's it? Well, we're going to triple that. See, see, this is the thing. This is the thing. I, I was looking at me, sober judgment without my faith. I was just looking at my qualifications, my credentials. But God says, no, 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 my children, right? Don't I own, right? You say that I own a thousand? Come on now. This is what you say. You say that you're the, the creator of the universe, that you, you claim me as the creator of the universe. But won't you see what I will do if you would just humble yourself? If you would just honor me with your heart and give back those gifts? That's what this is about. Right, so City Church Sacramento, as we go into this week, let us be reminded that our gifts are to edify, are to build, are to advance the kingdom of Christ. Let us bow. <laughs> Father God, we come to you right now just saying thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for our gifts. We thank you for the gift of all gifts, Jesus Christ, who allows us to be able to be a recipient of these gifts to edify, to advance, to uh, uplift the kingdom, your kingdom, Father God. So help us this week, Father God, to walk in our gifts. Help and for those who don't know their gifts, Father God, I ask that you would reveal their gifts, Father God, that they may own their gifts, that they be the great steward with their gift, Father God, to bring you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. And it is in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Thank you so very much uh, for worshiping with us today. Some, uh, I have an assignment. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, yeah. Look up, don't look down when I have an assignment. <laughs> I, I, I will make the call later again, Aaron. So good to see you again. Uh, just love you so much. Um, just to echo what uh, Pastor Nate was sharing is that uh, you're ministering to the community. Uh, I, as I've shared, it's like I've, I've all but divorced from Facebook. All but. I mean, it's just all but. Uh, but what little I see, uh, Aaron Anderson can't help but uh, glorify God. Uh, he just, he's, he's constantly, and I'm thinking, it's like, your business is going to blow up, or it's going to blow up. <laughs> but he's not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's, he's not ashamed, and he gives glory to God uh, publicly. Publicly. I, it's, again, you, I, it's, it's incredible. I, I do appreciate you, Aaron. And I gave you a shout-out about your Cali burger. That is, that's, it's, it's legit. It is legit. It is a great burger. It is a great burger. Uh, Pastor Nate, Erica, come on up here, please. Um, you got uh, 
three-fourths of the family here. Nala's uh, here. Oh, she's here. So big. Oh my goodness gracious. Love you guys so very much. Just love you so much. Bow your heads and hearts with me, please. Our Heavenly Father, again, we just say thank you. Thank you for Christ. Thank you for doing all things well. Thank you for the sweet communion of your Holy Spirit. Thank you from, um, from the rising of the sun to the setting. We give you glory, give you praise. Thank you for those that uh, gathered early this morning to, to coordinate, to plan, to, uh, to exalt you, Father, in uh, Easter in the park events, chaplaincy orientation. Yes, Lord. Set up for AB. Just, just thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the word as a, as a reminder, Father, to, uh, to, to stay in our lane that you have given us, the giftedness that you've given us. Uh, Father, give us the wisdom to do what we've been called to do. No more, but no less. Father, I ask blessings on the Houstons. Father, continue to watch over them. Uh, bind them together in your infinite love. Bless their daughters. Keep them safe. And watch over them. Father, now as we go down from this place, uh, we're going into a world that's extremely dark and extremely confused. They neither love nor know you. And since they don't know you, they, they can't love you. And if they don't know you, they can't experience um, the relationship that we have. And Father, let us not be uh, cavalier or complacent in understanding what a privilege it is to be in right relationship with you. Father, the blessings that you extend to us over and over and over and over again. Be with us, keep us. Father, bring us back as you see fit. Father, at the appointed time with uh, Joy in our heart, praise on our lips. We thank you. It's in the name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus the Christ. Let every heart say, Amen. Greet somebody. Greet somebody.